All right, and we're back. And we're back, trying something different over the phone, podcasting. Jane's in BC. Yeah. I'm in Saskatchewan. It's just the two of us today. Jenna doesn't even know we're doing this. Oh. (laughs) Think she'll be mad? Uh, I think she, on the 40, does know we're doing it. (laughs) Oh, she always knows, yeah. She'll probably call me midway through and be like, hey, my thing went off. Yeah, I'm mad. Had a sense and I'm mad. (laughs) Speaking of mad, something's in the air today. Feeling a bit feisty. Super feisty. Ants in my pants. I actually am going to read that meme. So this meme, like, sums up basically how I feel today. And it says, my husband pissed me off, so when he wasn't looking, I poured water on the floor in front of the dishwasher. He's been fixing it for the past two hours. (laughs) (laughs) When she read it to me before, I said that's the definition of gaslighting. Like, causing a problem and then pretending like like you're not operating in reality, right? Yeah. The reality is... It's literally, like, been my morning (laughs) and my last 24 hours. Like... Do you, do you mind if I just go into it? Absolutely. I was just going to ask you to. So yesterday, um, yesterday morning, uh, and the day the day before we had Thanksgiving and we had our family here and my aunt was there and she just like loves to make these savage comments about like my wedding being called off and these savage comments about me basically being like a single piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the single piece of shitness. Yeah. Oh, but they're, and it's so funny because she's like 66 and single and like a piece of shit. Oh, interesting. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Anyway, so much projecting. That happened. And then yesterday, I see my mom in the morning when I'm coming to the office and she's like, Oh, I really wanted to talk to you about this article that your aunt sent me. Um, it's about like how you can't have a really like a friendship with your therapist, like how that's not okay. And, and I was like, Oh, interesting. I was like, so she's sending you articles about how you can't be friends with your therapist to take a shot at me basically because I'm friends with you, Becky. (laughs) And then my mom goes, and there's this really interesting paragraph in the, in the article about like, how you make relationships and like friendships. And she's like, I really, she's like, it made me think of you. And I was like, okay, like I definitely want to hear more about that. I was like, send me the article. So I get the article last night and it's like, first of all, like, like you said, when we talked about it this morning, you're not my therapist, you're my coach. Mm-hmm. And like, they just like, there's just like no context. They don't have any context for how I guess, we operate and the work that we do around containers and like that would be like a foreign concept foreign language to them so it's so interesting that they're both so invested so i'm like quick to make judgments about like it's weird that you guys are friends but then also that she's your coach well and they're not <laughs> wrong like it is weird it is a I, a unique situation definitely it's just that and it takes some maneuvering for sure and some skill but that's the whole point of conscious relating is that you're you're constantly renegotiating the container in an overt way instead of just making assumptions because honestly every relationship is dual 
every, right. every single relationship is a multiple relationship when it comes to the ethics of of a counselor or a therapist or every every relationship is so or a friendship like friendship who would you be yeah. friends with that you didn't get something from them you know right exactly there's always an exchange going on and there's always a sale going on right like the whole yeah. theme of this fucking podcast is is that there's <laughs> there's a relationship between sales and sexuality and spirituality and friendship and and you know you can be friends with your mom and she can be your mom and that developing that duality of that relationship is really difficult for mothers I think yeah because yeah how does she switch from being your mom and being your friend it's hard for her not very well <laughs> well it's a, it's a new territory to navigate right and so it requires to it to be a living document of of in ethics terms it would be informed consent right because we don't want to be exploiting each other right but we are using each other in some ways right so we just always have to be constantly in dialogue about like do you feel used do i feel used how do we negotiate payment how do we negotiate it to be fair so that resentment doesn't build up but ultimately that resentment is each of our own responsibility right right which and it's something that like I think both of us like it's so at the for me anyways like it's always so at the forefront Mm -hmm. and it and it is something that feels like it takes like I like not constant and that it's arduous but like constant attention like I feel like hmm, that's interesting like I'm feeling that way or like we'll have a conversation and I'll be like and we like mm-hmm. like we had the other day like just 24 or 48 hours ago of like I feel like I'm not sure if this is a coaching session or not and then we just had a conversation about it and determined yeah you know there wasn't a lot of exchange here mm-hmm. I really phoned you to tap into your services your gifts mm-hmm. and so recorded as a session but like you know, it's so important that that attention is paid, I think. Yeah, exactly. And then again, coming back into conscious relating, when you heal trauma, when you hear, when you heal these, these issues around being used around your own value, when that trauma gets healed, that actually opens up your capacity to pay attention and to have attention on those things. Right. And that's basically what I think magic is is your capacity to be able to actually tune into the present moment and to what's happening without it being clouded with trauma exactly exactly I think you hit the nail on the head and just like so cleanly like and clearly define that when you were like well if and when I use you as a real estate agent I'm gonna pay you commission yeah like same thing right like yeah like I'm not gonna expect you to just give me your services for free like well, and how often does this happen in friendships that we use each other and then resentment develops? Like, I know my, I have family members who, who don't get along or there's so much resentment built up between them that they, they used to have a good relationship and now they don't because one of them used the other one. I don't want to go into details just to protect privacy, but, but it does, it happens all the time that, that people friends use each other and then they don't talk about it they don't have these uncomfortable conversations that have a lot of sensation they just refuse they're just like oh I don't want to stir the pot or I don't want to create conflict well you are in conflict on the 4d anyway so you might as well make it 3d and overt and talk about it so that maybe you can clear that resentment and then your connection can 
can get better, you know, but no, there's this idea that, well, they just used me for, the example in this situation is that one used the other to, like, always asking him for help, always asking him for help, and then kind of expecting that help to be there, and then never saying thank you for it, and, and then criticizing the help that is given, and then eventually... They don't want to help anymore, right? And then that be, that gets to be a rift in the relationship. And exactly. why don't we just talk about it? Why don't we just, yes, it's uncomfortable. It's a lot of sensation. Yeah. Again, we have to be able to hold that attention on that sensation. Definitely. Well, but, but I mean, and the cost is like, and I'm sure everyone's experienced this, is that if you don't address it, man, that shit is rank when it oozes out like oh, a few yeah. weeks later as some passive aggressive... Or like, oh, just like well, get I just, back at you, Jab, you know? I just did it to my uncle this weekend at our family thing. Because he made mm. a comment about me being single and sitting at the kids' table now because, you know, his daughter has a boyfriend now, so he feels like he can make a jab at me about being single. Because he's been pretty quiet about it up until this point. And now, and I knew it was coming. That was the thing. I knew it was this specific <laughs> uncle that was going to make a jab at it. If anybody was going to do it, it was him. And he did. And my sister tried to smooth it over by being like, oh, no, it's just because you're young at heart. Sit at the kids' table because you're young at heart. And I was like, oh, oh, it got me. Got my goat for sure. And then later I made a jab at him about having gout, and I specifically did it. And I looked at his face as I did it because I was mad. Right? Nicely fucking so. Not the best way to handle it, for sure. Like, it would have been my... It's my goal to get to the point where I'm neutral about it, and I'm just like, okay, that's... I have enough... Again, I have enough attention on myself and on him that I can understand that it's not about me, it's about him, and how he views relationship and how he views value on being in partnership or having a significant other and how that gives you social status in the world perceivably that's about yeah. him that's not about me but still it is it, I took it personal so I have some work well, to do there hard and hard not to and like the same the same thing with my mom and my aunt and this whole article because in this morning I I go in the office and I was like you know that's it's interesting to me and fascinating to me that instead of sending that article to me she like my aunt sent it to you and then I hear about it through you. And her to, to that, her response is like, oh, I never should have sent it to you. And I'm like, no, I'm glad you did. You know, like, th- then I can see mm-hmm. where, where I'm still getting hit. But I, I also am not at the place where I'm like, oh, that says more about her. Like, I wanted to fucking rage. Yeah. I wanted to call her and be like, yo, this article, like, did you send that to my mom by mistake? Or was that meant for me? Because we could talk about it. Like, I'm ready. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Mm-hmm. The entirety of this whole situation is that she's a retired psych nurse. (laughs) (laughs) Like, (laughs) just the kicker. Yeah. The kicker. There's so much projecting that's happening. (sighs) And then it comes in the form of protecting you or, and it, it is protecting you in a sense because it's like, there is, there's some validity there. And if, if it does hit you, if you Mm -hmm. do get triggered by it, then it is it is showing you where you have some chinks in your armor, right? So it is protecting you. For sure. Uh, But 
overall, it's, it's also a lesson in like, okay, <laughs> we're not going to be able to convince everyone of everything because they don't have the whole picture of what's going on. And I mean, it's yeah. an experiment. We're all just experimenting. This idea that we have it all figured out or that one professional body has it all figure out, figured out, like psychology has it figured out or counseling has it figured out or we don't we're we're figuring it out kind of as we go and so this is our relationship is an experiment to see what happens mm-hmm. we're documenting yeah. as it go, as we go and we're making adjustments and we're trying to do the best we can and yeah to do so the best true. to do the best we ca- can to have informed consent and a relationship by design that's really the the ultimate goal yeah yeah, so yeah, I mean, that that ethics class brought up a lot, a lot about, a lot of thinking about the multiple relationship thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> and it, I mean, you wanna you wanna have the woke, like, cool, calm, collected mindset of, oh yeah. man, this triggers such an opportunity for me to like really figure out where the insecurities <laughs> are here. But then part of me is also like, no, like I wanna fucking hand that bitch back her bag and tell her just why you know yeah and maybe that is part of the 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 quote-unquote therapeutic process right is to stand up for yourself yeah i don't know so many interesting interesting dynamics i don't know but there are certain situations where of course like you you this is this is where we were talking about the the vulnerability thing and this is where i got into an argument in my ethics class with another guy where it was like, well, we're not vulnerable as counselors or as we are, we are vulnerable. And we are, we have this social construct that any kind of health delivery system is somehow superior or more powerful. And in some ways it, it is like anybody who's making a decision on your behalf has power, but at the same time, that power shouldn't be taken from you. It should be something that you're you're making a decision in and that's why patient-centered care is something that is so kind of like in the in the focus but it but our culture hasn't caught up to that because we still kind of uh, look at doctors or look at healthcare professionals as a status symbol or as like Mm -hmm. oh they know something that we don't but the truth is I even as a pharmacist I might have knowledge that you don't know about drugs but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know about your life and your ability and capability of <clears throat> actually integrating those medications into your life. I need you. I'm vulnerable to you to figure that out together. We need both pieces of the puzzle to come together. So I'm not more powerful than you are. You're more powerful than me in a lot of cases. So yeah. this whole idea that one is more vulnerable than the other, I think just sets up a a dynamic that is unhealthy from jump, you know? Well, and it, it's alienating, right? Yeah. I think, like, for me anyways, in the past, like, I, I saw, um, I've seen counselors and coaches for pretty well my whole life, and the one common thread was constantly that I felt like, I felt, like, examined and not necessarily, like, how do you put it like I felt like I was down in the trenches and I had somebody up there going a little to the left a little to the right like you know what I mean instead of like yo I've been there too and this is how I navigated Mm -hmm. it 
maybe this will work for you. Which is what Brene Brown talks about, the difference between sympathy and empathy. Exactly. And how important that is in the healing process, right? Like, you, vulnerability begets vulnerability. It shows, I, every time I used to go to the doctor, it still kind of happens now, but just going to the doctor, I, I will cry pretty much every time because it is such a, an experience of, of powerlessness. But I think that that's a, a systemic construct, right? Cause I feel powerless going right into the dynamic culturally. It's set up like that. It's, and it shouldn't yeah. be exactly. It shouldn't be like, they shouldn't be making any decisions without our complete informed consent. And why do you think it is set up like that? Like in your experience, like as a coach and uh, otherwise? I think that it has to do with value and how we see ourselves as in the hierarchy of society. And somehow along the way, doctors became, doctors as the example, became like the, at the top of the hierarchy. And then it kind of like sets it down all on the way down Mm -hmm. um but it's like they they are valued a valued member of society because they're such a crucial part of it but i read somewhere it was like some kind of dolores cannon book or something where Mm -hmm. it was questioning whether or not like like that hierarchy system should even exist like it Mm. like it doesn't actually need to. And this is such like a socialist construct too. Like, right, right? Like we're in like this like more dominant capitalist kind of idea of climbing up the corporate ladder and and that sense of hierarchy there. But even learning in the military, yes, yes, those that hierarchy is respected, but it's also in in the leadership portion of that, you understand and you're taught this overtly that the people, quote unquote, underneath you are actually the backbone. And right. without them, you look, without their cooperation with you under your leadership and through your leadership, they, you will look really stupid to your higher ups because if you can't adequately get them on your team. Exactly. So the whole yeah. thing falls apart if we put too much value on one aspect. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. because it's higher up in, in the in the perceived hierarchy. And so I think that that's what our medical system has done, is we put up these people, these health care pra- practitioners, on a higher hierarchy in order to kind of boost up their value in society. And then that creates a dynamic. Mm-hmm. But there are certain responsibilities, too, that that we have as healthcare professionals and knowledge that we have that we have to be responsible for. Definitely. Um, And that we're not, and to be very, very aware where we might be exploiting or might be taking advantage or being inappropriate. Like I a hundred percent agree that you should never have a sexual relationship with a client Mm -hmm. that you've, that you've, that you've done psychotherapy with. Absolutely. That just, that makes sense. But I think the reason it makes sense to me is because I don't have very good boundaries in the sexual domains. I'm still working on that. So Mm -hmm. for me to enter into that would be just frigging playing with fire. 
<laughs> Whereas in friendships, I have good boundaries. So yeah. it, that's an easier task for me. But like, I know that would be too, that would be crossing a line. Absolutely agree with that. Yes. And, but I think like, and coming, like coming full circle, like I think that that's why I think people more than anything cling to those, that, that rule quote unquote of like, can't be friends with your patients, clients. Um, I think of like network marketing, even like your downline because there's, because there's a lot of safety in that too. And in that control. And I think that it, it serves a purpose for sure and that a lot of people and a lot of professionals and a lot of, you know, network marketing higher-ups maybe don't have the self-awareness to distinguish whether they have the capacity to hold, like, to hold those boundaries or whether they don't, right? Yeah. So some people need to live in that black and white area, and I, I experienced it firsthand um, when I was, you know, part of, of Amway and worldwide for sure like how you you earned time with your upline and like all all those dynamics and it is it it was alienating right like incentivizing but also alienating yeah yeah and that's exactly it the context of knowing if you if you don't have great boundaries to begin with and you don't really have the strength to uphold them Mm -hmm. or the language or the skills then absolutely keep your distance that's that's smart but it's limiting Mm -hmm. right like you if you have to control all these variables then you're not very free but if you can handle situations as they come and you have that capacity to hold the sensation of uncomfortable conversations or exploring new territory then that allows you more freedom in the world more maneuvering space as opposed right. to having to like really confine yourself down to being rigid in, in how you operate. But, mm-hmm. but. And it's a huge test of self-worth, right? That's, and that's what I was going to say is like, it's, it's also like a perception thing an optics thing that, and that kind of gives me the, the, the whole, I, I get that optics are important for reputation and for perceived, perceived value, but it's just a perception, right? It's not the inherent worthiness of something. And so I think that's always why optics has kind of bothered me because it's like, you're trying to control how people see you, Hmm. but people are gonna see you how they see you anyway. So why not just be authentic? But I think this is something that we're collectively coming to as a, like politically, this is really becoming a thing. And that authenticity in, in social media authenticity in politics, authenticity in, like, like actual, okay, if I can, even if this isn't a popular characteristic or trait that I have, if I can back it up, that authenticity still feels better, even if you don't agree with, with what I'm doing, you know? Exactly, yeah, because you can't really argue with the truth, you can, like, you can maybe disagree with it, but it's, like, Mm -hmm. it's my reality. There's so many different layers to truth. Mm-hmm. There's so many different viewpoints yeah. to truth, right? Like the, it all it all adds up to be the the ultimate truth, but your perception isn't the absolute truth. Yeah. And so yeah. so I don't know. This is all super philosophical. 
Well, I can tell that, like, a direct um, example of, like, how this is true and maybe just, like, kind of fillet open, like, how we do talk about our containers. But, like, I think I think for me where the insecurity comes up is that six months ago I was asked the question, and I'm really glad I was, for sure, but now it feels like punching after the bell of, like, you know, because you are my coach and like Christine who was my coach in my multi-level marketing business were my two like my two besties right Mm -hmm. and I was asked the question you know it's it's very and had the observation of it's very interesting that you know your two closest friends are in your life with an exchange right because you and I obviously there's a coach coaching exchange of like I I do pay for your services and your gifts and then for Christine in that I paid in in that I you know earned that business relationship with her and then had to earn time with her by putting in certain parameters within my business and so I was asked the question of like would I would those women be your friend if you didn't have a coaching relationship with them like this is the relationship independent of that and I tested it in a big fucking way and uh I think that my insecurity probably is like residual from the fact that I ended business for a plethora of reasons but Christine and I haven't spoken since the day that I decided I made that decision Mm -hmm. somebody who said that they were like and I'm sure she could say the same about me Someone who said, like, that they were my, my, like, best friend through thick and thin had a major caveat of in so long as you are in business. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm, I'm sure she, like, she could say the exact same thing about me, right? Um, but but also then, like, between you and I, like, I think that it, it made our friendship stronger. So it's just, I don't know. To me, it's fascinating to have those two direct comparisons, right? Like, mm-hmm. And, and to kind of realize how much um, of the, the like, coaching, because it was essentially coaching that she was providing me as well, relationship that I had with her was um, conditional. And then also there wasn't a lot of, a huge amount of vulnerability on her side. Right, yeah. You know? And, and that that was where she got her safety. And there was a lot of control in that that kept me coming back for sure well if you're not vulnerable then there's no actual intimacy right and intimacy really is just operating in truth it's operating in the reality of what's actually going on like I'm actually letting you see me like when we traveled together you saw me in ways that that only only when you get to spend that amount of time together and especially with the with the variables of traveling and all everything that comes with that and the stresses yeah. that you know you saw me in vulnerable states so and you walked your talk yeah and that's the thing is that i'm trying to be congruent i'm trying to be authentic in what i say and how i behave and so for you to see me in situations where i have to actually act on what I tell you or what I coach you on that's that's super powerful for both of us right Mm -hmm. and but super vulnerable for me because I have to actually let you see me in a real way 
Yeah. But that's actually what's nourishing about relationship is is actual intimacy and reality. I was gonna say something else too, but I can't remember what. Um Yeah, oh yeah, like so for us if uh, if if we were to end the coaching part of our relationship, which we could do at any point, like that's always a mm-hmm. conversation we can have. But if it gets to the point where it's like you're calling me and we're just talking about you for an hour and I'm giving yeah. you coaching advice the entire time, like that's not fair to me either. That's where I'm vulnerable. Because yeah. I, I actually would give give that away for free to anybody because yeah. I love yeah. doing it. But the thing is that it's part of what my exchanges it's what I'm bringing to the table that is unique and has a lot of value and has been a long time in the making and I'm investing in myself to be able to do that like I'm in school I'm doing a master's degree I I've invested a lot of time and money in myself to be able to do that and our exchange is that you give me a monetary value in exchange for that Right. Mm-hmm. And so if any yeah. of my friends were doing that, where they were calling me and wanting to talk about themselves for an hour, I would be like, hey, you should maybe consider hiring somebody to do this for you because and, and. Right? <laughs> like, it doesn't have to be me, but mm-hmm. but it it's emotional labor. It takes yeah. emotional labor to sit and listen because it's active oh. that that listening skill is an active skill that takes energy right and takes time and takes resources so that's why we have that exchange exactly well and the the coolest part about it and I think that this helps for sure is that I believe that like going going to your friends for for support and to your like to your sisters for advice and things like that is while it can be helpful sometimes you like, well, I think more often than not, you need a coach because your friends realistically, like, unless they've lived it, they can't help you, right? Because they're not studied mm-hmm. in that emotional labor. So they're, you know, they're, they're limited. Mm-hmm. And so if you really want to break through or, you know, expand that capacity or, you know, heal whatever that is for you, that having a coach or somebody that has actually been through it is mm-hmm. a much more, I guess, viable way to do that. Yeah. 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 And so, like, my dad has made this joke, too, about, like, basically, like, it's paid friendship. And I think that's, like, part of the place where we kind of get hit. It's like, oh, I have to pay my friends to hang out with me. Mm-hmm. But that's not actually mm-hmm. true in our in our scenario. We've had this conversation mm-hmm. of it's, there's, we have a specific container of what's paid for. But the yeah. rest of it is is socializing. It's just yeah. friendship, right? It's just, like... Back and we forth. have no fun together and we have good talks and we have <laughs> yeah and you bring because I honestly this this wouldn't happen with just anyone I'm not friends with this closely with all my clients I do eventually end up being social with a majority of my clients because they're awesome people and now we speak yeah. the same language and now I've kind of I've taught you guys in a way to be able to be in my world which is really cool mm-hmm. and I get I get nourished from it too so and totally. that exchange is really important um but but it's it is it isn't just a matter of like you're paying me to be your friend because that's not what's yeah. happening at all 
yeah. paying me for a really specific service. And, and then the rest of it is just normal friendship. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. It's all, all back to that living in reality of like what's actually going on in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But again, it's an experiment in, in having actual real dialogue and conversation and containers around it. Yeah. Which I think is just good practice for like universally any relationship, you know, like, you know, what, like, what are we doing here? Because how many times have you had your friend call you and like shit all over you with all their problems and you get off the phone and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. I wasn't prepared for that. No. They didn't even, they kind of violate you because it's like, you're not, you actually weren't available for it, but they're using you then for as a, as a sounding board or as, and if you're not emotionally capable in that moment, cause sometimes we aren't right. Sometimes we've got enough on our plate and we can't handle somebody else's load. Mm-hmm. So like, that's why the whole asking if you're available to hear something is, is actually very kind because mm-hmm. it, it shows respect that the other person may or may or may not have the capacity or the willingness to take on that emotional labor. Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. So exactly. I'm actually like experiencing that like living in reality also in in dating too. I'm like just starting to see this guy of like what what am I putting on him and what lens am I seeing him through versus like what is he projecting onto me and like seeing me through, you know, and mm-hmm. just all your relationships like it's so 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 important and I think that's why taking care of yourself and checking in with yourself and checking in with your sisters, checking in with your coach mm-hmm. <laughs> keeps you in that, that sober state, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sobriety. <laughs> <laughs> what Careful does, what you ask for. <laughs> what does, um, what does sobriety and relationship mean to you? <sighs> Direct example. <laughs> if you want, whatever you <laughs> Um, well, I told them we I told them we have a podcast, but I haven't sh- sent them where to look for it. So <laughs> I told them you might have to wait because I'm probably going to talk about him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like I don't know, I, I the best way for me to describe these things is to talk through like an experience. So recently, I have started seeing someone, and I called you I think last Friday, and I was like all giddy and like but also, like, scared. It was Saturday. It was Saturday. And also, like, scared, but excited, and blah, blah, all the all the feels. And I said, you know, I just really want to stay conscious and make sure that, because my tendency, like I talked about in, in a past podcast, is like, ooh, boyfriend, like, is he this, this, this? Okay, tick in box, you know? Mm-hmm. And to, to objectify men that way, for sure. And then to get to know them on the back end. So my goal is, and my practice is, to get to know him on the front end and then make that decision of like, yes, this is somebody like I want in my field. I want to be in relationship with, um, versus not wanting to. So, uh, enter my brother. Good Lord. So I've like told him a bit about this guy and I'm, I'm not going to get into that on the podcast, but I like told him a bit about him and and I'm like fired up and I told, I was up in Kelowna last week actually staying with my brother and was telling him all about this guy and, and the, our dates and stuff. And he, 
Um, I said, yeah, this one thing came up, but it's kind of a concern. And, and he actually gave me the stamp of approval and was like, no, like if that, if that were going on with me, like I would have done the same thing. And it was just like glazed over. And I, and I actually like moved ahead and didn't think about it again after that, because I was like, oh, like if my brother approves, like I really value his opinion. And like, I'm, I'm counting on him a little bit here for my sobriety check. Mm-hmm. And then over the weekend, I guess he thought more about what we talked about and, and was like, you know, I'm, I'm actually like concerned about, you know, this, this, and this. And he's like, I think that they could be indicators of other things. And like, Anyways, I yeah, it's it's hard to go into specifics, but not go into specifics. No, you're doing it, a good but, job. I think you're doing good. Um, he provided me with just with like such a great, like I I literally felt like, you know, when you're when you're out and you're having like the best night ever and you're dancing and you're like just like vibing, and then something like, I don't know, something happens. Like just picture somebody like grabbing you by the shoulders, like giving you a shake and yelling in your ear, and you're like, whoa snap right back into reality mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like oh I gotta go to work tomorrow and stuff <laughs> <laughs> that's what it that's literally what it felt like um and so but like such a and I and I definitely got like emotional about it and like felt like you know oh like you're bursting my bubble a little bit mm-hmm. and you're but it on provided me like sorry go ahead you're raining on my parade yeah yeah exactly I'm like no like this guy's great and like we have so much fun and like mm-hmm. I yeah like master I'm I'm gonna own it now but, like master manifester I literally asked for like these five things and all five of them are you here you are the most masterful, masterful <laughs> manifester, manifester for sure um but he <laughs> thank you for that I will take it <laughs> um but I but I gave me the opportunity to send this guy a message because he was coming down to to uh have dinner with me and like spend the night the next day and so I got to send him this message with your help thank you very much saying like you know I I was talking to my brother about this and we're really close and and it just brought up a bit of concern and so I wanted to ask and I just straight up asked the question and he was like total open book like took it like a chance and I I had kind of had the concern I guess that he was gonna react and fly off the handle because it's pretty early days like in us seeing each other like we haven't had like any exclusive conversations or anything like that that, but like that would have been that would have been a good indication of where he was at if he flew off the handle about a question that was totally a legit question yeah 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 and so it actually like made me like have like 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 him more actually like it actually generated more intimacy between both of us because then when he came down the next night like we got to talk about it more and like just to see him be like like cool calm collected stable to answer my questions which means that he's thought about it and he's processed it and he has he has an answer for you we still don't yeah. know if he's a sociopath or a psycho because you don't know We're him not yet. Sure. But verdicts out. But <laughs> but just like you don't know anybody if anybody is when you first meet them, right? That takes yeah. time. It takes time to develop relationships. It takes experiences. It takes seeing each other in your in your um, involuntary. Yeah. 
right? Like that yeah. stuff takes time. So people that rush into relationships and like move in together right away or, um, you know, been there, done that and made those, made those <laughs> experiences or mistakes or whatever <laughs> like, you want to well, call them. But, <laughs> but, you know, we know these things because we've made these mistakes, but, but at the same time now, like for me, especially now I know that I want my relationships to have time to breathe and the space to breathe and have free will in there. And, you know, if, if we're coming together, great. If we're not fine, that's fine too. You know, like that No guarantees, there's no, there's no rigidity. And again, it's about being open enough to not have to control every single variable to feel safe. Mm-hmm. You can actually let somebody walk away and come back. And in the meantime, you were fine. Yeah. I was fine. Yeah. Right? Like, that's an important part of being respectful to yourself and the other person in a relationship. Oh, and it's such a, like, it feels so good when you, like, actually walk it out, you know? Mm-hmm. I was listening to, to Teal Swan's latest video this morning. Um, oh, I can't remember what it's called. It's, it- like understanding men or something that one yeah yeah basic yeah yeah the new one that's the one yeah the newest one and already like seeing in like our relationship developing where I already start to go into my masculine and like control and how that robs me of the thing that I really really want which is like I do want to be taken care of in some ways for sure Mm -hmm. and like even just like saying that right now I'm like oh god but I do, and, and, like, I watch, I already watch, like, so early on our dynamic shift, because we started out when we, like, went on our first couple of dates, like, such a, like, strong masculine, and how already that's shifted a little bit, just noticing where I'm not being fully conscious, and I am just, like, controlling or, like, manipulating the situation. That's really that's really hard to admit, especially on this podcast, I'm saying it. And well, I'm we like, all do it, so. right? You're not the only one. We all do it. I do it, too. Where you want to be seen in a certain way. Yeah. And I think that yeah. there's an innocent part to that, too. That you want... Because mm-hmm. there's an innocent part that wants to be seen as good because there's a good part of you mm-hmm. that is real, you know? Or you want to be seen as beautiful or you want to be seen as laid back or whatever, fill in the blank. But the also, yeah. because we're such dynamic, integrated, polar beings that for every good trait that you have, or I have, there's a nasty one, you know? And that's true, too. Yeah. So, and those things are going to be seen as well in relationship. Yeah. In any intimate relationship, the good and the bad is going to be seen. And that exists in all of us. And the more we push away those bad aspects of ourselves and try to disidentify with them, the more power they have over us. Exactly. They're running the show in the background, right? Right, right. So if we're willing to be seen in our nasty grossness and be able to hold the sensation of shame and humiliation and rejection that may come up with that, then, again, we're free. Yeah. We're free. Because we all, and the truth is, we all are all of those things. There isn't anybody that's purely good. <laughs> Nor would that be interesting. <laughs> love and light. Love and love light. Love and light. Only love and light. 
Good vibes oh. only. <laughs> Yawn. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's, I think, where, like, the innocent part of us tries to control things, because we are, we do have history with being rejected for our, quote-unquote, bad qualities, and so we're reenacting that trauma of trying to separate ourselves from those those negative aspects, because they have gotten us hurt and rejected in the past, but now it's us rejecting those qualities in ourselves, so if we can bring them back in and integrate them and be okay with them, then when somebody else sees them and they get fucked up about it, or they don't, we can have the awareness there and pay attention to, to realize, like, oh, okay, like, you're getting, you're getting fucked up because, like, you, like, an example with you and I is that your cap gets fucked up sometimes with my, like, lack of caring <laughs> what people think, right? <laughs> That's an example. But it's like, we can play in that energy now because we're both aware of it. Yeah. And yeah, I, and otherwise I, I'm just being a rank bitch and I'm shaming you. <laughs> right, like you're trying to, because what, what it feels like to me is like, like trying to like put a container or control something for social, like as a social politeness or, or th- how things yeah. are seen. And my inner being just wants to fucking rebel against that and do, and do it more. Yeah. Like embarrass you more because I'm like no I won't be contained <laughs> but now we can because both of us know not to take that personal we can play in that energy of yeah. like you've got this one thing I've got this rebellious part that also can be destructive it's not always like my part isn't purely innocent and neither is yours like it's but it's a fun energy to play in now because it's like, okay. And we also can be respectful. Like I also do respect your cap in a lot of situations too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if you respect my rebelliousness, but. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to say that, but I was, <laughs> I didn't want to, I didn't want to name with some of the things you do. <laughs> you can name, you can name. on the off <laughs> Uh, you can name them if you want no some things will keep under wraps just for us again things you discover about each other when you travel together yes yes oh man that's funny I'm specifically thinking about us walking down the street in Banff, and I can't remember what you did. I think I maybe <laughs> farted or something. Yeah. yeah. I was like, Becky, we're <laughs> yeah. public. And you were like, I'm going to do it again. You're going to take a shit on the sidewalk. Like, <laughs> you were like, oh my God. Like, have you met me? <laughs> Walk and be that of you. <laughs> Bye. Have you met anyone in my family? <laughs> yes. Now it, it all is disgusting. All together now. All <laughs> together. <laughs> oh my god, that's funny. I'm glad, see, I'm glad you said it. I didn't want to throw you under the bus for your gaseousness. <laughs> oh, healthy. Yeah. Healthy. Yeah. healthy release. <laughs> Bam. I love it. <laughs> oh, that feels like a good spot. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We peaked. So, what did we talk about? We talked about, just to sum up this sobriety and relationship piece, mm-hmm. 
I think uh, sobriety is not getting drunk or or falling in love with potential or projections, which aren't real. They aren't real to what's actually going on. And that's what being intoxicated is kind of about, is like you're not in touch with reality, right? Which is yeah. fun and very Piscean. That there's, mm. Not that there's anything wrong with, with escaping reality sometimes, because sometimes we do need to do that, and it is fun, and it's part of the whole experience but we want to be consciously doing it right and it's so fun to actually like see someone and get Mm. to know them yeah 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 we just want to be getting to know them and the being being aware which is being sober of that they're not a perfect person and they have Mm -hmm. they're going to have flaws and they're going to have things and that's okay because so do we and that's what brings our humanity together But as soon as we go into this projected fantasy, we're setting ourselves up to fail. And that's ultimately the the crux of it all, is that whenever you have expectations, those expectations may not come to fruition in reality, and that causes suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and on the flip side, if you're not actually getting to know someone, like, that could be really, it can be really fun, but it could also be really, like, oh, I actually don't like this person, yeah. which is okay, too. And, yeah. like, You're putting good. lipstick like, on a pig. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, yeah. yeah, sobriety. And then the other thing, eventually, if things progress with this dude that I'm going to want to talk about is Lover's Lagoon. Mm. And being in that whole, like, you know, when you first meet somebody and you're all, like, you just want to spend every second in bed and you stop going to the gym and you stop doing all those things that part of your purpose because you're like oh I'm in love now like nothing else matters yeah and how fun that is but also that's where we need the sisterhood to kind of be like okay yeah but you love the gym you know Mm -hmm. like that's part of who you are too so yeah lover's lagoon is the next step I hope that we get to talk about (laughs) (laughs) to be continued (laughs) to be continued okay thanks for listening Mm -hmm. signing off Bye.